guys, welcome to the Wilding the Lamb podcast. Arise from the dust and become men. That is our charge here at Wilding the Lamb. We are expected to become men of sound understanding, spiritual power, and a true relationship with God and our Savior Jesus Christ. But how do we do that? How do we become spiritual warriors? I'm Jeff Holderness, and this is my co-host Christian McMullen. And today we're going to be diving into 2 Nephi chapters 11 through 19 which is a huge chunk of scripture. Um, so come on in. We hope you're able to listen, fill the spirit, and learn how to become a spiritual warrior. Thanks. But yeah, I mean, most of these chapters, again, like if you were to read through it all, there's like quite a bit of nuggets and things that you can pull from it. But I mean, Isaiah chapters are kind of hard to like, like you really have to dig into every sentence to like extract everything out of them and more, more so than a lot of the other scriptures. And so I've, I've found it kind of hard as I've been pondering on these page on these chapters and stuff to like come up with a good good solid thing but i i do like a lot of what what you were reading before is a, a lot of it's going to come down to just us as men and our ability to utilize and listen to the spirit that prompts us into utilizing our priesthood power you know not to, to try to dog on jacob because i'm sure he was an awesome dude <laughs> but i wonder if he like this is all skeptic, skeptic, uh, being skeptical. I wonder if he he had some some feelings of inadequacy when Nephi was like, "Hey, Jacob, here you go. Now it's your job to write on the plate." Yeah. Because Jacob gets them, he writes a little bit, but then he writes a whole bunch of Isaiah. He's like, oh, "I can't say it any better than Isaiah." So I'm just going to write Isaiah's stuff because I, I can't say it better than him. Those are awesome words. So I'm just going to write Isaiah. Because yeah, I know like as priesthood holders, and when we get into the call or stuff like that, like we have feelings of inadequacy. And if you don't have a feeling of inadequacy, then you probably might need to check yourself. <laughs> So if you're if you're feeling like you have it all figured out and and I mean if you do then great but chances are you don't and you need a you need to check yourself but yeah but um but those those feelings of inadequacy when they are they can almost be a superpower. But, you know, the whole reason why we have these feelings is because God gives us weakness that we can be humble and come to him, right? Mm -hmm. So we have this feeling of inadequacy, and then we utilize the atonement, the amount of power that we can receive from, from Christ is beyond our imagination yeah. to be able to fulfill it or whatever it is. Um. Anyways, 
random. <laughs> I like that. I think there probably is some truth to that. Um, the other thing too, it it it's cool to me that the Book of Mormon. like does have these chapters and they are so similar to what we have in the Bible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that kind of, kind of speaks a lot uh, about Joseph's ability to translate and stuff that it would be, be so close and cool that after so many years that they could, it could stay that close between the Isaiah here and the Isaiah in the Bible. Um, but they are kind of some interesting chapters um, talk a lot about Christ and, and kind of about what he's what he's dealing with. But I do think that sometimes those feelings of inadequacy, like you said, they they can be be like a superpower. I think that's kind of a cool way to put it, because um, I do. I think we all feel inadequate and it, it might not Why even not? be about like church callings in this case. Yeah, 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 but it's like, like anything. Sometimes you get a job and you're like. <laughs> whoa, dude, I'm not qualified for this, but I'm just going to jump in and go for it. Yeah. And I think that um, is a huge part of like stepping up and accepting responsibility, like, hey, pass or fail, do great or crash and burn. Like, I'm going to go for this and try it. Um, and I, I think that can be be a challenge for a lot of people especially in the church is they don't feel like they're inadequate or or they they feel like they're inadequate or don't feel like it um but i i think that a big part of a big part of the gospel and our learning experience here on earth is to try out new things learn grow develop our skills that kind of stuff and if you never say yes to anything then you're not gonna go anywhere you're not gonna be able to learn and grow and change the way you are and, and become more like christ so i do think that's kind of a cool thing makes it hard to utilize your priesthood if you're never willing to like step out of your comfort zone and do something with him it's like freaking everything man stepping out of your comfort zone you want to grow you have to step out of your comfort zone it's like why <laughs> i don't don't want to. I just want to lay in bed and sleep and make money <laughs> somehow. Yeah, yeah. No, I think so. And it, it, I mean, even like even reading the Isaiah chapters, like there's a part of me that's like, ugh. It's like not that I'm inadequate or don't understand it, but there's it's just like a ton, a ton of just stuff, and there's a lot with. Um, you know, Judaism and their kind of history and like a ton of just stuff that if you don't know, it makes it very, very difficult to understand. And so I think that a lot of times, sometimes we feel inadequate even to read and study these sections of scripture because mm -hmm. they are so dense. And if you don't understand a lot of it, then you could like read for, <laughs> you could read for a half hour and not really know or understand or, or think about what you're reading unless you're really diving into it. Um, and that's, I, I had to reread this like three times this week because I would like read it and be like, oh, okay, grab a couple nuggets. And then like the next day I'd be like, wait, what did I read? Like, I don't have to go back and be like, okay, what was this? Yeah. I mean, I went through it twice today 
and I'm like, I, I, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what I read. No, but, it's 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 pretty pretty heavy. Um, and there's there's nine there's nine chapters that we cut. No nine nine chapters. Oh no, it's Isaiah two. So chapter twelve is Isaiah two, and then it goes to Isaiah nine at chapter nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did like, we kind of talked about it. I don't know if you were recording or not, but I, I do think it's pretty cool that Nephi in verse two does say that he saw Christ. Um, and also that Isaiah has seen him and that his brother Jacob has seen him. So they latched on to something, I think, to be able to have them. So... Did Jacob only write a couple chapters? So he he's kind of in and out. So did so Nephi wrote the chapters of Isaiah. Yeah. Not Jacob. So what I said at the beginning was a little wrong. Yeah. Because well, I because I said I wonder if Jacob is telling. I was like, I, he says it better. But maybe. Maybe. Well, but he kind of comes in and out. Not Nephi doesn't feel inadequate. He's he's. <laughs> He's got his stuff. Um, but I do like verse 7 um, of chapter 11. It says, For if there be no Christ, there be no God. And if there be no God, God we are not. For there could have been no creation. But there is a God, and he is Christ, and he cometh in the fullness of his own time. Yep. <laughs> Bam. Um, no, but I think it's a cool way to put it, like, Without Christ, there really is no point in in any of what we're doing, and and so if God hadn't put forth this plan and had Christ to implement this plan, it wouldn't make sense to have us here doing stuff, um, and and that's was kind of cool to read and learn a little bit about. Um, it's interesting. I've been listening to like other podcasts from other faiths mm -hmm. and, and the Godhead is really interesting to me. It's kind of a big separation between us and a lot of other Christian churches out there. Um, and I'm curious in the South on your mission and stuff, did you ever like, was this, was the Godhead something that was like a struggle for people? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it was, but it was weird because it really depended on what church, not, not denomination, like the actual church that you went to, yeah. of whether they believe in the Trinity or the actual Godhead, three separate distinct beings. Because I talked to Baptists that believed both ways. Yeah. I had some that believed in the Trinity. And then some that believe that they were three distinct separate beings. And so I thought that was interesting that there was, and within the same denomination, there were different beliefs about the Godhead. Yeah, like conf not confusion, but, but yeah, different beliefs, different ideas on how that would work. Yeah, that's like... In in our in our faith in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, we definitely 
believe in three distinct beings, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But I feel like a lot of times in scripture, I struggle with like, okay, is this God or is this Christ? I had the same thought today. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, because sometimes it's like, yes, this is Christ. And well, because, God. yeah, because they even said, like, even says, in Christ is God. Yeah. Like, it's straight yeah. out just says that. that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, no, and that's like, so. I don't know how to that. <laughs> so, yeah, my understanding, I guess, is like, so there's Christ, there's God, and so God kind of set everything in motion from the beginning, but like Christ, Christ is the creator mm -hmm. and he's the God, obviously the son and the redeemer, but, but every now and again, I, yeah, sometimes it's just like, and I, I understand that they're one, they're one in purpose, they're one in unity. Um, but but yeah, sometimes when I'm reading it, I I kind of am like, wait, now who am I talking to? Who is this? Um, obviously, in this verse that we're we're talking about and referring to, it's pretty pretty obvious the difference between Christ and God. But but yeah, it's interesting. Or like Isaiah talks about it, and you're like, okay, so is Isaiah talking about Christ or is he talking about God? Like how is this? Well, Isaiah is in the Old Testament, right? And so 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 Jehovah is the God of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. So usually when they're talking about God, they're talking about Christ. Yeah. From my understanding from here, yeah. Well, and I've heard people be like, when it's a capital G, it's God. But I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you don't think I'm like sometimes talking about Christ pretty clearly and there's a capital G. So it's like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even think that works all the way. <laughs> yeah. But it, it can be hard to kind of understand or, or think about that. But I do, I do think that it goes without saying that without Christ, we're, we would definitely be in a world of hurt, the way everything kind of played out. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, that the Prince of Peace stuff with, with Christ, him being called the Prince of Peace, mm -hmm. you know, that's like my main goal on on uh, here <laughs> is to like just obtain peace yeah and it's for me it's not like it's like i it's like i have a blueprint in front of me and i just don't use it it's yeah. like it seems like it should be so simple and so easy to use mm -hmm. but whatever gets in the way of that and then, then I'm not able to really obtain that that peace, whether I'm stressed about what family, financials, job, whatever. Like I should, no matter what's going on, be able to utilize the atonement to obtain that peace from Christ. That you know, we always can't we can't always just come home and like dump that like on our wives or children or whatever yeah but the one person we can go and dump that on is is god and we can we can go to him for that 
so that we don't have to go through it alone. But, you know, doing that, he may have you go out with a lunch with a friend or something to where you can chat with or go to your dad or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I actually just did that yesterday. <laughs> like, I was doing something I could, like, like, best way it was like, or explained it was like the spirit was there, like, poking. Yeah. It's like, it wasn't telling me anything. It's just like, hey, I'm here. I need to tell you something. And it's like, trying to figure out, like, why, why am I feeling? feeling this like it, it's almost weird yeah and then you know start thinking about it. it's like okay well what what is what does he need to tell me what am i feeling and then i felt the need to go go to my dad so I but it, it did help me bring some of that peace to me and so we don't, we may have to go through stuff alone, but if we have to go through stuff alone, we can still go it fully alone. We can still go through whatever with, with Christ because of the atonement. Yeah. And, but sometimes it'll be somebody like your dad or a brother or a friend or whatever, or maybe it will be your wife for, for whatever whatever reason um but yeah men go through so much crap in this life from everybody work from expectations from the stress of protect provide preside like all those things <laughs> all the fees and uh sometimes it's just super heavy yeah. no i agree and i think like what what do you think that peace what does that peace feel like for you that's a like let's try to define that a little bit cuz i i like i like the idea of in this crazy world that's going on and like every one of our lives is crazy i I, I, for me, I think the peace is 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 not. Um, it's really being able to control my emotions. I think is what it really comes down to for me. Is when things happen, that I would normally lose my patience. That I don't lose my patience, mm -hmm. or things that would normally stress stress me out. Max doesn't. And things that would um, make me want to curl up in a ball and hide in a corner doesn't. Like those kind of things. Like that's that's like the ability to be able to go through life, handle whatever situations come your way without losing control of your emotions. Okay. How do you think... I love that. I like what you're saying. How do you think? Because like <clears throat> other people, I'm I'm thinking right now of like Jocko Willink. Mm -hmm. 
I I think he's very in control of his emotions. I also think he's got a belief in God, but I'm sure that there's people out there who can control their emotions Mm -hmm. without necessarily like a belief in God or Christ. So how do you think, like, where does Christ help you with that piece? Well, regardless of whether they're doing it on their own or not, they're they're technically not doing it on their own. Yeah. One, because any ability that you have to do thing has already come from them. Yeah. Right? So so whether, so whether he's going so whether people are going directly to the source or not for that perfect ability to control have that piece, it still comes from him anyways. Yeah. So Regardless, regardless they're they're living in a in a world created by <laughs> like any anything they do right like I, yeah <laughs> but for but for me it it's i know i'm i'm not i'm not that way i wish i was i wish i was way more in control of you know the way i feel and and whatnot but but um the uh um but you know, utilizing the atonement is where where it all lies to be able to do that. Yeah. And you know, if you do struggle with with that, then then basically anything yeah. <laughs> that you struggle with, whether it's emotional, physical, doesn't matter. You can utilize the atonement to get through it. Um, because the only thing that that God will never take away from us is our choice to choose mm-hmm. is our free agency that is one thing he will never take away but it is the one thing that we are able to give to him and you know but but at any time you can take it back yeah so you're not you're like i'm and that's all Christ did. Christ gave his will to God, period. And so if we're trying to emulate the Savior, we should be trying to do the same thing. And if we're doing that, regardless of what's going on in our life, you can go through it in peace and and not worry about it because you know who's in control and you know the eventual outcome, regardless whether you're going to die from whatever it is or not. I like that. I like like bringing it back to the Savior. I think, you know, if anyone was treated unfairly or unjust or had a bad day at work, it was Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, um, and just the way that he handled, um, you know, the the Jewish tribunals and the um, Pilate uh, just judgments and all that kind of stuff. Um, I think he definitely, it's not plugged in. I totally forgot about that. Um, but I think Christ, (laughs) I think Christ definitely, um, is a great example to us on how in all the chaos, you can still very much keep your cool and you can handle and control your emotions and, and choose to make the right decisions even when the the world is screaming at you telling you asking you to um 
and I, I think that's something that I've had to learn the last couple of weeks. And, and to me, that peace is like just the feeling that like everything's going to be okay. Is it really that important that your kids, uh, my kids today, like freaking flooded our bathroom and like, you can you can either like get so mad we always tell them to close the shower curtain like there's always things that happen and you can either choose to get pissed or you can choose to love them for who they are and gently remind them again hey you've got to close the shower curtain um but it's like it's just just those daily things um can really change your perspective depending on how you handle it. And like, it, it can change your day depending on how you handle it. You can either have a, you know, 10 second <laughs> breath and then get through it and still have fun with your kids that night, or you can get mad and send them all to their, to their rooms for the rest of the night. Um, and, and for me, that, that piece comes when you are making the right decisions and when you're helping them understand, even if it's the 60,000th time you've told them or asked them to. Um, but I think that's like such a huge benefit when you can look towards the Savior and start to see him more in like your everyday choices, not just when you read the scriptures, not just when you're praying, but like when you kind of think like Christ would have made that decision or a similar decision to what I just did. And it, it kind of starts to be, be pretty cool because you can understand him a little bit more. I feel like in those little everyday choices that you make. Yeah. I agree. And that's the one, one thing that, that the chosen watching the chosen has taught me. Um, was just like how difficult it would have been to be Christ with the disciples. <laughs> they just like it's it's just brought so much more realism and like made them human, mm -hmm. I guess in my eyes. And they are just so confused by everything he does and it's really interesting to me like looking back of course we we can like see the whole picture um but it's just funny to me that he he tries to talk to them and explain to them so plainly and they just don't quite understand don't, don't quite get it um but it's cool when you start to get it and when when things start to click yeah dude i mean if if people would understand like this one concept, like nobody would have like bad days. Yeah. <laughs> and the the community in not only just the church, but in the actual like community that you're in, like it would be such a huge just like this massive difference. Because nobody would get mad at each other. Nobody would want to punch each other in the face. Um, nobody would, you know, wish ill on people. It would all be just like, all's good in Zion. 
but I mean, it, and it's like when you think about it and you talk about it, it's like it seems like a simple concept, but then putting it into practice is not always so simple. It's definitely easier said than done, and I I think it takes a lifetime. It takes a lifetime of following. I mean, we've been at it for years, and it's weird that I feel like I just scraped the surface on what what some of these things and concepts mean. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think it would, I mean, completely, completely revolutionize everything. If everyone had defined, clear, handle of their emotions it, it would be a, a completely different I think that's world elijah enoch enoch city of enoch yeah thanks i knew it started with an e. oh, the city of enoch how they how they became they became you know so righteous that the whole city was lifted up right yeah so i mean part of that had to have been what we're talking about where they they all learned how to rely on on christ yeah. for everything because once you learn how to do that i mean that's that's the whole game that's dude it. yeah yeah <laughs> it's the whole game so it's it's it just seems like such a simple concept but for so many of us it is so hard hard to know no it it totally is and i i think it's the one plus one equals two okay one plus one equals four got no <laughs> plus eight equals two three no i like um I think that's so crucial and so important. I I honestly think that's the part of enduring to the end that they don't tell you about is learning how to. It, there's there's a book that I've I've read a like probably three or four times over the last two years called The Triumph of Zion, mm -hmm. and the whole point is like becoming a Zion individual, and he talks specifically about the city of Enoch and like scripturally and Joseph Smith revelations and stuff that talk about that city and how you become a Zion individual. Mm. Um, and it's pretty interesting. And I, I think it's what, what I think he's, he's got a good handle on kind of the direction that you should be taking, that we should be taking once we've got the priesthood, once we're married and sold in the temple and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it, it comes down to, uniting your will with god just like christ did to where everything you do every day is what what christ would do and if you get enough individuals that do that then, then it creates zion um and it's kind of interesting his argument is that until until we as members of the church do it and build up zion like christ won't come for the second coming so it's kind of like we're putting off, we're putting off Christ's second coming by not. That seems weird to me. 
And I don't know if I totally agree with that. All right. Because God, one, already says he knows when the second coming is, mm -hmm. right? And I don't, I don't, I think it's from, it's from the same guy that did uh, Visions of Glory, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, the one, the, the world's going to get freaking gnarly mm -hmm. before the second coming, like even more so than it is now. Oh, yeah. No, and, and, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess this year's election year, I guess we'll see how close to the second coming we are. I'll leave that at that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, I just, I don't, I don't see us being capable or able to push back the second coming. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. we don't have that ability or power. God's going to come when he's ready to come. Mm -hmm. And whether people are ready for him or not is going to be on them. Like, he's, he's not going to wait till we're... I mean, sure, I could be totally wrong. But I just, I just don't, I don't think I believe that statement. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to give you the book, and you'll have to check it out and see yeah. what you think. Because um, there's other stuff that that guy said that I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. You know, and in the, in the Visions of Glory, he he talks about like Zion or or whatever, but and people are, you know, when he has the vision of all the earthquakes and mm -hmm. and the the plague the plague and, and when whoever invades and uh, with the blue helmets yeah <laughs> with the blue helmets and that is um and then they're they're going as a people to certain areas before they head to Missouri and like what you're explaining is like them starting to build Zion at that time mm -hmm. but but I and, and I could see it possibly like that but yeah. that but that's not gonna like what we're doing right now isn't going to push back the second coming like the events that are going to happen in the future are going to be such that it causes us to bind together in a in a different way than we do now as not just members of the church but as communities and whatnot and it'll bring people to the church but well but because of those instances or whatever where people either have the choice to rely on Christ or die mm -hmm. which you know visions of glory that's kind of what it comes down to yeah and people start to learn how to rely completely on Christ, where they're like, they're not eating as much anymore. The diabetics, like, talks about a guy who's a diabetic who doesn't eat insulin anymore. Remember, this is just visions that take a grain of salt in a book. Yeah. Um, but uh, talks about stuff like that, and where their bodies are are becoming like translated like before the second coming happens 
And again, not saying any of this is doctrine, it's an conversation, okay? Jeez. Um, and they're starting to build like a Zion community at that point. Yeah. But not, but they don't, but not until they're capable of even able to do that. Mm-hmm. Which right now, I don't know if, I mean, maybe we're capable of it and we just don't. But, but you know what I mean? So it's like, everyone has all these problems. It's like, if I just, I'm just not going to eat anymore and I'm going to just rely on Christ. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Or will I? Well, and that's, I think, I think that's his, his, his kind of thesis, I guess, is like, we've, and and he 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 takes you through a bunch of different scriptures and stuff, especially in the Doctrine and Covenants with Joseph Smith, where it's like back then they understood that what they were trying to do is to build a Zion society, and then at some point, and even like Brigham Young in Utah and stuff was trying to build a Zion society, uh-huh. but then at some point it was kind of like delayed or pushed off. Um, because the saints couldn't didn't have the faith required to do it whether or not like but like enoch the city of enoch like christ came to the city of enoch and like walked the streets of the city of enoch with the people mm-hmm. and so i don't think it's necessarily that we'd be delaying christ's second coming but it's like that time's not yet because we haven't prepared ourselves for it. So, like, God knows when it's going to happen. He knows when the same prepare themselves for it. But it'll take take people that just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to try to do this to, to get it to happen. And that's, <clears throat> he goes through and argues that, like, like Nephi, Lehi, a lot of the, the prophets that we read about and talk about, they haven't been translated, but they've been they've been given an opportunity to they've been given an opportunity for a gift. Or like if you think about like the three Nephites or like John the Beloved, mm-hmm. like they're here, they've been here for thousands of years and they're gonna be here till the second coming. Um so so mortal people can get to that point where you're offered a gift and you can kind of choose what that gift is going to be. And the three Nephites and, and John the Beloved chose to be translated into here. And Enoch and them chose to go up and live in heaven. And I think it's been part of the revelation during the second coming, the city of Enoch will come back to earth and help the Zion here know what to do and stuff. So anyway, there's a bunch of different things in there, but but part of this following Christ is believing on him to the point where, yeah, all of your actions are sanctified and, and blessed and it is, is what Christ would do if he was in your situation. So the people you talk to, the things you do, the way you help your wife with this, the way you help your kids with that, and I think that once you get to that point, you get that inner peace 
Like if you're if you're doing everything that you're supposed to do in the moment and you're relying on that direction and stuff from God, then like what else is there? What else matters? Yeah. No, it's true. So anyway, it's a interesting book. I think it coincides with a lot of the stuff that we're trying to talk about and do. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think the building design, like there's, there's the, I, you know, I don't, I don't know much. It's just, it's just all. Anything I say is really personal opinion yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, but like I, I feel like it's gonna be like there's two, there's two facets of building Zion. The first facet of building Zion is is bringing people into the church, mm-hmm. missionary work. But the second aspect of building Zion is is done on a personal level, yeah. not not as a group as a whole. And then as you and become Zionized, I don't, for lack of a better term, whenever you have that, 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 uh, once you become a person of Zion, I guess is what I can say, mm-hmm. like you are going to be, like those people are going to naturally be attracted to each other yeah. because of the spirit that they're going to have with them and you're going to be able to know and feel it and like no you're part of this let's go and and that's that's how the that's gonna happen like that's just what makes sense in my mind yeah yeah no i i think 100 percent. and i i think there are things that we can do to help help prepare ourselves and i think it comes through you know careful study of the scripture and then following those promptings that we get um every single day to follow them to the the best of our ability and the the best that we can um my wife is way better at it than i am but and and because of that she has a lot more like pretty cool but like daily typical experiences with it like she'll just get these random feelings random feeling and like do something and it can be even as simple as like sending a text or like sending a meme to a friend and it'll like change an aspect about that friend's day and like I sometimes will get weird things like that but I'm too stubborn to like follow through with it (laughs) I'm like that's but um and that's that's kind of one of the things that that I'm personally trying to work on is because like I I'm starting to refuse to believe that those thoughts are random. And again, whether they're from me or from God, as long as they're good and don't detract from the spirit or take away from Christ or any of that, then it's going to be from God. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even if it's just a a little thing that can brighten up someone's day or or whatnot, it's going to make a big impact and a big difference on, on people, which is, which is really why we're here is to hold each other up and to help 
learn and develop relationships. But I think it's an, an interesting concept that we'll probably discuss a little bit more. But I do want you to read that design because I think it's really, I think, I think you'll like it. Because I think for me, it opened my eyes to, because <clears throat> I think a lot of people doubt, like, that we can be like Nephi or be like whoever. And we've kind of talked about it before, but like they're, they're just men who have developed an ability to, to listen to the spirit. Yeah. And to trust and that ability and not the ability, but they're able to trust God. Yeah. Yep. And that's like, if, if you can do that, then you can, you can do anything. They they went out and lived in the wilderness for ten years because of it. Yeah. Like, if I guess sometimes I sometimes I get like like I get worried about things like money or my job or um, if I'm if I'm being a, a good husband or a good father, like all these things are kind of what we talked about. They're just like the everyday worries of of, of men. Um, and if you have full trust and confidence in God, you're not going to worry about those things. Like even if I lose my job tomorrow, I'll it'll be exactly what I need in order to be okay the next day or whatever yeah. if if you trust god um and so it's it's kind of freeing it's kind of liberating once you get to the point where it's like okay i'm i'm only here because of god anyway nothing that i've done yeah and so like who cares what happens so i'm gonna i'm gonna pour myself wholeheartedly into this See, and that's yeah. that's actually where it's like it's difficult for me. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's like it's that's scary to me. A hundred percent. Like 100%. I'm gonna trust I'm gonna trust you with freaking whatever. 100%. Like okay, you're gonna lose your job. I'm not gonna let you find a job for six months. You're gonna get kicked out of your house. Mm -hmm. And I expect you to trust me through all of it. You're gonna be homeless with your children and your wife. It's like and. Yeah, that just I crazy. That's a hard point to get to. Yeah. No, and I, I it it one hundred percent is, and I'm not I'm not there. Like, I'm not I'm not pretending I'm there. I'm trying to get to the point where, and I'm I'm just starting on this process. But it but it is it it it's not that the stuff doesn't matter, but it's like it's not the end goal. No matter how hard I work at a job, no matter how high I get in that job or how good I'm doing, it's not going to affect me beyond the next 50 years. Mm -hmm. And and so, like, really, we should be investing our time and our attention to things that are eternal. And it's hard to get out of that. The, the natural man in us is like, well, I got to take care of everything here and now. But it's easy to think. That well, the here and now is the only thing that exists. Yeah. No, it's the only thing that exists. Period. 
totally. Yeah. Um, no, and there's, I mean, here and now is important. It's where all the action and stuff does happen and, and participates, but but there's also a, the a whole tomorrow. Cool. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Chris would even talk about that. Yeah. If you look at, I don't remember what scripture it is, but it, it uh, you know, it says, don't think about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. It, it is. Yeah. Here and now is all we have. We have past experiences to, that we can learn from and use as tools. But right now is the only thing we have yeah. and that we'll ever have. We won't have the future. We won't have the past. We have now. And in the future, the future is now. It's still now. Now. <laughs> Um, Dude, but honestly, like when it comes to the concept of time, I just might be weird, yeah. but it actually like makes it easy for me to think about. Yeah. Like especially when it comes to the aspect of eternity. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I've talked about that. I might have talked about this once before on a different episode. But thinking about eternity, it's like I'm gonna live forever. Like I've lived for 38 years. I'm gonna live for over 39 million years. It's like what? That seems weird. But then I'm like, eternity, time doesn't exist. Everything and everything happens right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my brain can wrap around that. Wrap around. Well, and it, it, like, if if you're spending too much time worrying about tomorrow or worrying about what could happen in the future, then it, yeah, it doesn't give you time to do anything with what you have today. And that's, it kind of reminded me of, like, the, the good, better, best talk that uh-huh. we like, it's probably been 10 years now or something, but like in the now we can choose to do X, Y, and Z and they'll always be a good, a better, and a best or based on what you're doing. Yeah. And that, you know, where are you going to spend your time? What are you going to do? But I think that's a, a struggle for a lot of people too, is, is just trying to figure out how to utilize our time and how to make the most of it as we can with our families, with work, with. I think people you know, stress about it too much. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, people are, are, are focused on relying on Christ and trusting in God. They don't have to stress about that stuff because you're going to be living in, in like a constant state of revelation and the way that you live your life will be through revelation if you're living your life accordingly. And so, people who are living their life accordingly, but then they're constantly stressed about whether they're making the right choice or not. Like that's, it's just stop worrying about it. Yeah. yeah. But one step forward, two yeah. steps back. Yeah. Bednar, yeah. I, think it, I think it was the CES broadcast talked about it. Yeah. It was, I wish I knew the name of that talk. Cause it was, it was awesome. Um, so you should look it up. It's, it's really good. And it really helped to it really helped to put perspective on on like personal revelation because that's what he was talking about. And I believe he was talking about an experience when he was the president or whatever the person is at BYU Idaho. It was BYU Idaho, right? Where he was, mm-hmm. and he had 
a young lady talking to him and she was worried about like whether she's following the revelation or if she's getting revelation or something something along those lines and story short that stop stop worrying about it yeah like if you're living your life accordingly you're living in a state of revelation you need to worry about it no i i think you nailed it elder elder david a bednar living in revelation is the title yeah it's it's you know it's like drinking a soda that you haven't drank in a long time it tastes amazing but then as you keep drinking it the flavor kind of like plateaus yeah and you get used to the flavor and it's not as awesome anymore i feel like the spirit is a lot like that to where we get used to having the spirit with us all the time mm-hmm. that we start to question ourselves whether the spirit is with us or not because it's just always there so we're just used to and so the time when you do know that it's there is when you messed up and the spirit's like peace <laughs> it's like oh crap uh yeah that doesn't feel good i need to get that back <laughs> No, that's a good point because it it you you definitely can feel it when it's gone. Um, you might not be able to feel it all the time when you've got it. And yeah, you're don't worry about if you don't worry if you're questioning whether you're feeling it or not. You're probably feeling it. Yeah. Because no. once it's like if you're used to it, if you're used to having spirit with you, and you're questioning it, it's probably with you. Yeah. Because then once you do something, then it's it leaves you you're like oh yeah that was not right sorry 